Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. Happy Tuesday and happy spring. Today is the official first day of spring. So happy spring equinox. I feel like there was such a collective just relief and excitement for this new season. It's also Aries season. So all my Aries babies, all my fire sign babies, I know that this is your time to shine Um, as a fire sign, as a Sagittarius myself. I love when there's this new exciting energy it's really really invigorating and if you don't feel it or you don't know what I'm talking about just take a moment to look around you just be a little bit more present and observant and you will feel that same excitement and just invigorating energy rejuvenation that I think a lot of people are feeling right now so welcome spring um so As y'all know, we had our very first print feature in Essence Magazine. A lot of you have tagged us and have seen your own, uh, gotten your own um, copies of the Essence feature, which is the March and April edition. So I'm so, so grateful and excited to see uh, this podcast highlighted and spotlighted in one of the most, if not the most important and relevant black publications that we have and just publications in general. So this is a milestone for us. It's historical. And again, this is such a great addition to Women's History Month, which has been overall a very exciting time for me, for my team and for so many of you. So very, very grateful. And um, if you do happen to get a copy or you read the digital article, Definitely tag us at the Soft Life Pod, or you can tag me at Priscilla Oadjaman. We'll repost and just happy to share. Also, we are going to be bringing back some guests on the show very soon. We do have some guests lined up for this for the next few episodes, so stay tuned. Um, it's going to be some people that you have been wanting to see for some time. So we have you know folks who are in the community building space. We have educators, some content creators, entrepreneurs. So, so excited to bring on some guests to the show. I, you know, I love having um, conversations with people who are really well-versed in what they do, but also people who are from different walks and different parts of their journey in life. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, I think I have personally been loving doing solo episodes. I think this really gives me an opportunity to talk directly to you and really shed light on some topics and conversations that, you know, we've been having online, offline, and I think y'all are enjoying it as well. So last week's topic was all about building your personal brand and maintaining authenticity as a creator. A lot of people resonate with this topic because building your personal brand is very on trend right now. But looking beyond that, really honing into what your personal brand is, how you can develop it, what how to network, and all while keeping true to yourself and being authentic as a person and 
that is one of the biggest skills that I am still learning. I think that even though I am young in my career and I'm young in my business and as a business person, I still feel really excited to share some of this insight. And I think that's how we can all learn from each other is instead of it just being one person teaching another, we're all kind of learning from each other, which I think is one of the most amazing aspects of being in this digital age. So today's episode is all about how to glow up in 2023. And this is your glow up guide for 2023. So today we're going to talk about health and wellness routines, mindsets, and practices that will help you to feel elevated and step into this new this new year and this also this new chapter and season that we're in right now. As I mentioned before, we are in officially we are in the season of spring, at least on the East Coast in New York City. <laughs> Maybe elsewhere it's still winter and, you know, depending on where you are in the world, but we are officially in spring and we are in the spring equinox and spring is very symbolic. There are a lot of elements and themes and characteristics of every season. And just like when you look outside and you can tell what the weather is and your mood is affected by that weather, the seasons also affect how we behave and the patterns that we have. So right now being in this spring season, spring represents birth, spring represents resetting, spring represents growth. So this is the perfect time to start something new. This is the perfect time to reset. And if you've been wanting a refresh and you've just been feeling dry, ashy, and just not feeling cute, this is the perfect time to really re reset and feel rejuvenated. I can feel a change in the atmosphere that I'm in mentally, physically, emotionally. And I think that this is a wonderful opportunity to think about your routines, your mindset, and the practices that you want to help that that you're going to carry on into the rest of the year that are going to either help you thrive or kind of stay where you, you know, are currently. So I love spring for so many reasons. And I actually find that this is the season that I feel most comfortable starting to uh, create some of those visions that I have for the rest of the year. So I actually didn't create a vision board this year in January. And I usually don't. As of the last two to three years, I have kind of stopped doing my vision boards in January or in the beginning of the year or even at the end of the year. And for those of you who don't know what a vision board is, a vision board is simply a visual tool or a visual guide that can help you to put on paper what it is that you want to embody, what it is you want to call in, what you want to manifest, or what you're praying for. It doesn't necessarily have a spiritual um, or religious purpose, but some people do use it in that way. I personally use it more as a development tool, and it's really helped me to shape the themes and practices that I want to incorporate into the new year. So I don't usually make my vision board until around this time, around spring anyway, because I know that it's better and it's more appropriate for me to be in rhythm with nature. And when you yield to the natural rhythm of nature, things are just so much more in flow. 
in my opinion. So that's something that I've been doing and practicing. And it's actually been very effective when I go back on my vision board from 2021 or 2020. Although things change and there's a lot of unexpected hiccups and, you know, things happen, failures happen. Um, Sometimes things go left and that's okay. But for the most part, I can still say that my vision boards have helped to kind of shape the type of year that I end up having. So what is a glow up? You know, what what is, you know, what's the purpose of a glow up, right? So let's talk about what a glow up is not first. So a glow up is not a way for you to micromanage yourself. It's not for you to try to be quote unquote that girl, which I'll talk about in a minute. Or it's not it's not a way for you to fall into the slippery slope of chasing unrealistic beauty standards, chasing productivity, being hyperproductive, or chasing unrealistic health standards as well. So a glow up is not a way for you to kind of beat yourself up and hyper focus on all the little things that you hate or dislike about yourself or your insecurities and also when it comes to being that girl we know that that girl that (laughs) the that girl trend that is heavily um shared on tiktok youtube and social media in general that girl is you are that girl there is no one way to be that girl because you are that girl there is no There's not a template for how to be the best version of yourself because you are the only person that's going to be able to be the best version of yourself. So redefining what it is that you want to create and the the lifestyle that you want to create for yourself, that is really the most important aspect. And a glow up is simply an elevated, a, a way to embody an elevated version of yourself, which may include an internal and external transformation. It doesn't necessarily need to be visible to the outside, but it could be if you wanted to. Really, my focus is to emphasize how this process is rooted in compassion and self-awareness above everything else. This is not supposed to be a process that's rooted in hatred and insecurity and shame. This process is rooted in compassion and love and self-awareness because those are the tools that those are the characteristics which are going to help you to get closer to your goal. It's a lot easier to get closer to something if you root it in love and in compassion than if you root it in shame and, and hating what you're working towards. And there's a lot of ways that you can have or start your glow up, but Truly, it's all about having baby steps and creating a plan that works for you so that you can hold yourself accountable. Or you can also have a glow up plan with a friend or a family member, somebody in your life who also wants to maybe change some aspects about themselves or their lifestyle. And that can be something that you do together. And whole reason why like why would you want to have a glow up if you love the way you are if you love the outcome of your life if you love every result of your decision making and it's going great for you or you love how you feel or how you look that's awesome so don't change anything but if you do want to embrace change or you've been feeling stagnant and you want to kind of let go of the past those feelings of like feeling not like you're stepping into the best version of yourself, then a glow up might be something to consider. 
I personally have to acknowledge also that my glow up and what a glow up means for me might be very different than what it looks like for you. And that's perfectly fine. You know, I am someone that lives in a, a big city. I live in New York City. I have a remote job, so I work from home. I don't have any children. So my privileges in that way and then my sense of freedom is different, you know, than somebody who may not have those same details of their lifestyle. So adjusting to what works for you is key. That is, I think that's my main issue with the kind of the that girl trend is that I don't think people know that they need to actually fine tune and cater and design this to be something that works for them and with them versus against them. So just keeping all of that in mind, let's dive into the first part of developing your glow up and how to start. So I think that a lot of this starts with your mindset first above all. So what I like to do sometimes is if I've been feeling like I'm in a rut or if I've been feeling and to clarify, a rut is not, you know, clinical depression. If you're somebody that's diagnosed with clinical depression or another mental health um, diagnosis, that does not mean that you're in a rut. That is literally a clinical diagnosis. So just to be clear and, you know, I have to always clarify sometimes if you don't leave room for that for that nuance then things can be misconstrued right so when i talk about feeling stuck in a rut i i'm talking about when you just know that with a few minor changes you could really start to feel a lot better that's what i'm talking about so this mindset that i'm that i've um worked with and and have done before is it starts with kind of a self-assessment and inventory. I kind of look at my life and I kind of sometimes I'll, I'll even put it on a spreadsheet or I'll write it down on paper, but I do an inventory. I talk about when was the last time I went to the doctor? When was the last time I, I got blood work? Do I even know what my, my blood work looks like? I remember last year going to the doctor and getting blood work done for the first time, I think since 2020. Um, and I learned that I was deficient in vitamin D and that's something I wouldn't know unless I had gotten my blood work done. So getting your going to the doctor for your regular checkups, that's one of the most, you know, baseline ways to kind of get a grasp on, on what your what your body feels like right now. Um, or if you go to like a naturopathic doctor, depending on what your preferences are, but just getting a kind of a basic panel of what your body is feeling and looking like on the inside, you know? And then I also look at aspects like my mental health, like therapy or, um, you know, counseling. Is is there something in, are, are there areas in my life where I need to kind of put more attention to? Do I, do I spend a lot of time kind of ruminating? Do I feel like I'm overthinking a lot? Maybe I can try therapy. Maybe I can try journaling. Maybe I can try finding a support group, um, also being aware of what I'm consuming, both in terms of food, in terms of my content, in terms of media, in terms of energy and my relationships. What am I, what am, what are my relationships look like? How are my, my relationships nourishing to me? If you are single, 
you know, is it, are you in a time in your life where being single feels good, you know, and it feels, it feels liberating and you feel free and you feel excited about the possibilities or are you in a point in your life where you want to be partnered? Do you want to have a relationship? Do you want to, you know, kind of think about those, those things in your life and just do a really simple assessment. Ask yourself those questions of like, where are you right now in life? Truly? Do you feel like you are in a place where you're content or do you feel like you're in a place where you're really struggling and this is a a time to maybe see if you need to ask for help for certain areas of your life and then a part of this like self-assessment is also asking myself what's missing or what's lacking what do I have too much of right now in my life what do I have too little of And, you know, I can do this practice at any point in the day. I can do this every day, once a week. But one thing I always like to ask myself is like, what is my input and output lately? Right now, lately, I have been putting a lot of energy into um, developing content. I've been putting a lot of energy into planning and strategizing this business and this online business that is Saudi Baddies and that is the podcast, our digital products. And maybe I've been putting too little time in kind of planning other aspects of my life. You know, I think that for me, I, I kind of try to shorthand some other areas of my life, for example, health and wellness, as much as I do care about my health and wellness, I don't plan out my meals weeks in advance the same way I plan out content. I don't plan out, um, you know, my exercises or really track what I'm consuming as much as I do how much I'm posting and how much, you know, engagement I'm working towards. So it's a, it's an opportunity to be honest with yourself essentially. And I'm, you know, I think that honesty is going to get you to a place where you trust yourself because when you're honest with yourself, you can trust yourself. So that's part of the the first aspect is doing this kind of self-assessment. I think journaling is a great way to do this, but if you're a digital kind of person then maybe writing this out in an online journal or google doc whatever it is can help you kind of get some of that on paper secondly comparison is one of the mindset shifts that's going to help you to glow up when you focus on the eyes on your own paper and you stay in your lane that is what's going to snap you back into reality. It's going to snap you back into remembering that you are you and that is your power. So if you struggle with comparison a lot, curating your timeline and making sure that you are seeing a reflection of what you want to see and whether that is following or unfollowing certain people, whether it's, you know, instead of following a lot of influencers, maybe following more educational content or or content that's going to stimulate your brain and your mind and your soul. There's so many people that are creating amazing content and I see this I see this a lot especially on Twitter. People love to say everybody's doing the same thing, everyone's doing the same thing. Nothing's original. All the girls are doing the same boring thing, blah blah blah. I'm like, "Okay, Maybe that's you, but realize that your timeline and your for you page and your dashboard, all those things, those are a reflection of of what you engage in. So if you keep seeing the same thing over and over again, a lot of times that's because you're engaging with the same things over and over again. If you want to find something new, and I know that this is obviously the algorithm 
it's going to perpetuate the same type of similar content. But if you want to try something new, you have to follow new people. If you want to try something new or learn something new, you can read a book about it. It does not every not everything needs to come from a digital uh, source. You can read magazines. You can if you're not able to travel, you can read up on the history or the language or the culture of another country that you want to travel to one day. And that's going to expand your mind as well. So I just I don't believe in complaining about seeing the same things over and over again, because to be honest, if you really wanted to change your perspective or you wanted to change what you're what you're seeing and what you're viewing, you can literally curate that. We have the power to do that now where we couldn't do that before (laughs) in 2010 or 2011 when Instagram came out. We couldn't really control what we were seeing, but now we can. Now we can change the narrative of what we want to see. And I think there is a lot more autonomy in that than we think we have. So that's all part of changing your mindset, comparison and focusing on what you are great at, what you're good at. Also, really working towards negative self-talk and working to being kinder to yourself changing the narrative to how you speak to yourself and speaking to yourself with kind eyes, as I always say, um, talking to yourself as you would, the same gentleness you would as you were five years old. And that's not to say to not hold yourself accountable and be mature and, you know, take accountability, basically own your own your stuff, right? It's not to say to avoid that, but it's the, you can still do all of that with compassion you can still do all of that with gentleness and softness and there's no need to beat yourself up or speak nasty to yourself because you think it's going to help you be a better person you have to root everything in love if you want to change that's fine but do it with love you cannot hate yourself into a version of yourself that you aspire to be or a version of yourself that you aspire to love one day rooting everything in love is the real cheat code to how to get things accomplished. And lastly, I think when it comes to mindset, a big component of that is also not assuming that you know the outcome for everything. And when I say this, I mean the mind reading thing. If you are the type of person that tends to overanalyze people's gestures or overanalyze people's responses or their tone. And trust me, I say this because I used to be this person too. And I used to attribute this to just being very sensitive or, oh, I'm a, I have Scorpio placement. So (laughs) this is very natural for me to do, which it is, you know, it is. But I will say that there's a lot of freedom that comes with allowing people to communicate their needs to you rather than you trying to do it for them. If you're trying to telepathically send people messages or you're trying to pick up on the small little tiny fluctuation in their voice and their tone, you're not really giving people an opportunity to speak up for themselves. And instead of assuming that you know what someone's thinking all the time, realize that sometimes that is projection. Sometimes we project what we think other people are thinking because we are judging ourselves the same way we think other people are judging us. And that that, you know, kind of mindset of I hate being perceived. I hate being perceived. I don't want to be seen. I don't want people to judge me. That's because you're judging yourself as well, you know. So focus on creating a welcoming environment 
that invites transparency and it invites honesty rather than just assuming that you know the outcome for every single thing or that you know what someone's thinking or, oh, that person didn't like my post. So I bet that they are, you know, they don't like me anymore. It's it's like, you know, <laughs> half the time the algorithm doesn't even show you your friend's content. You have to go on their page or see their story to see what they even shared half the time. So, you know, that's number one. And number two, it's also realizing that it's okay to leave room to let people communicate and speak up and share their needs from you. That is going to help you to be a better communicator overall. So these mindset shifts of doing a self-assessment, letting go of comparison, working through negative self-talk and not always assuming the outcome or or trying to mind read, that's going to free up all of this space in your mind that's, that's taking up so much real estate that's going to free you up to have more creativity, to have more energy to think through problems. It's going to free you up to have more energy and space for decision making. Those are the those things. Those are the things that's going to help you glow up. So this is the first part of, you know, the mindset shift. And refresh. So second aspect of a glow up is your productivity and your routines. So I love using various tools that help me and work for me, not against me. Some of those tools include Notion. And for all my Notion girlies, if you know, you know, Notion is essentially it's it serves as my personal and business debt database. All the content that I plan and write is on Notion um, pretty much and Notion is just a really great way to organize your ideas. It's great for project management, among some other things. Also for scheduling calls or meetings or um, interview requests for the podcast. Calendly is a great way because it automates the whole process. Instead of doing this back and forth, oh, when are you free? Oh, I'm free then. Oh, actually, there's a time conflict back and forth. You just send them a Calendly link. They choose a time that works for both of you because you set the hours yourself. And then you go from there and it sends you, it can send your guest a a notification, a a reminder. Um, You know, Google Calendar is also great for scheduling or time blocking if you're someone that likes to time block. And, you know, maybe we can talk about more like these productivity methods later in another episode, but I think Google Calendar is also like just a really simple tried and true way. It's also free, you know, so those are really great tools for um, time management and project management. And then also there's good notes um, for folks who have iPads, especially. I know a lot of people love to use GoodNote on their iPads or their, you know, just tablet in general. So GoodNote is a really good um, app that you can use as well to schedule out your, you know, your daily to do's and Asana, of course, is also really good for project management. Also, Asana, I use Asana mostly if I have, um, if I'm working with somebody else on a project. So I think Asana is a great way to do like team collaboration. And if you have a small team of one or two people like myself, or you have a larger team, Asana is a great way to kind of consolidate all of your work and then keep everyone afloat with tasks on a day-to-day basis. Another part of the productivity and routines um, aspect of your glow up is developing a morning and a night routine. 
I get asked about this a lot about, you know, how are you able to run study baddies and do this while having um, a nine to five? And something that I always say is that my morning routine and my night, my night routine keep me grounded. They keep me sane. I depend on these routines because now it's part of my subconscious and I don't have to think about it anymore. There was a time I had to think about, okay, what do I do after I make my bed? Oh, I guess I, okay, let me go brush my teeth and then maybe I'll do some, you know, journaling. Now I don't think about it. I just do it. And it's so much easier to get up in the morning when you have a routine and routines are actually shown to help people that do struggle with um, mental health issues such as depression because it requires less decision making and it can help to prevent decision fatigue. So if you're somebody that deals with, you know, decision fatigue or you get overwhelmed a lot um, by decision making, having routines can be really a really helpful way to kind of just lean into this semi-automatic way of going about your day. And I think productivity can look different for all of us, but some of the some of the basic elements of my morning routine include movement practice. Um, so, waking up in the morning, you know, making my bed, lighting my incense, doing, setting my intention for the day. But after that, you know, getting up and getting some sunlight right away if I can, and 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 going on a walk for about thirty minutes. Um, really helps to wake me up. It helps to also calm my nervous system into waking up into the day and doing that without spending zero to little time on social media in the morning for waking up and getting on social media. First thing in the first thing in the morning is to me, it's the equivalent of waking up and inviting hundreds, if not thousands of people to call your phone or speak to you or text you at the same time. Even though you're passively scrolling, you can kind of scroll past it. You're still you're still passively looking at this content and absorbing this content this content that you're seeing. So, I feel so much better when I stay off my phone for for at least the first hour, maybe 2 hours if I can in the morning and of course, you know, I, I'll get back to to comments and questions, DMs, that kind of stuff throughout the day if I can. But truly making this a habit has really, really helped me to have a much more peaceful morning routine because re- waking up and reading the thoughts of people on Twitter, first thing, is it's just not the best way to start your day, in my opinion. You wake up first thing and you grab your phone and you immediately go on Instagram. You see how many likes you got on your last post. That's forcing yourself to look at that as a sense of awakening, first of all. And also that dopamine hit that you get when seeing likes or notifications on TikTok or whatever social media platform you're checking. That goes away in a split second. So immediately you're actually looking to chase that dopamine hit that you just had when you just woke up just because of checking your phone and it's it's something that really when I when I do wake up and I occasionally do check my phone first thing in the morning I regret it it's like instant regret instant ick I just I try to avoid it because personally I've realized like it really does not serve me well uh, maybe for other people it does maybe it makes them feel connected or you know, maybe they're really invested in learning about something, so they're checking. But for me personally, I've learned to kind of stay off of it first thing in the morning. And then 
No, another part of aspect of my morning routine is um, having a moment of stillness. So that could include journaling, that can include meditation, that could include, um, you know, just having a moment to kind of do some breath work even. I think these are all really simple, um, simple tools and practices to incorporate into your day-to-day. And of course, um, paying attention to your space and looking to see what fosters creativity for you. Is it the scent in your room? I know for me, I've said this a couple times, I'm, I need to have my incense in the morning. Having incense in the morning helps me to feel, first of all, it smells amazing. And I love sandalwood. Um, incense is my favorite scent. But I love to um, light some incense and ground myself into the present day um, sight, waking up, you know, opening up your blinds, maybe making your bed, whatever it is, your space is going to contribute to the elements that help you to feel inspired and creative and productive throughout the day. Um, So I always try my best to keep my office space clean so that when I do need to go in there and start my work day that I feel ready and I'm not like, oh, I have all these clothes everywhere in this in the corner. And now I have to focus on that instead of just kind of getting into my day. So that has always been um, a way for me to just create a, a loving environment for myself. And then, of course, for in terms of um, productivity is learning something new and this could be something like, you know, reading a book, obviously reading a book or learning a new skill, like maybe a new language. For me lately, as an adult, I've been loving taking workout classes and I love taking Pilates. I take a bar class um, every month, every I would say every couple of weeks or so I'll, I'll go to a bar class. And um, bar is just a form of Pilates that you, you know, do in class format. And I love it. And it actually makes me feel very connected to my inner child because I used to do ballet as a kid and I loved ballet and I went for years. And now as an adult, I'm like, wow, I'm literally right back (laughs) where I am, except, you know, this is more of a workout versus it being a dance. And it's just, it's such a great way for me to feel embodied, feel connected. I love the class format. So, you know, I'm not doing it alone. And it just, it's something I look forward to on the weekends. Um, I think also I've been trying hot yoga, um, which I love. Hot yoga is really, really great for me to feel present. And it's such a workout, y'all. Like I did hot yoga this weekend. I went on Saturday and I was so sore the next day. I felt like I was lifting weights in the gym. I felt the same way I do if I do lift weights. So it's definitely a workout and just learning something new, um, having a non-paying hobby, whether it's knitting, whether it's coloring, whether it's video games, whatever it is, having a non-paying hobby, that's going to help you to feel a sense of exploration. And this can be something that you include as part of your daily routine on a regular basis. And having uh, learning something new allows you to have a sense of accomplishment. It can help you to overcome challenges and help you deal with learning curves too. You know, when you're not good at something for the first time, but then you do it two, three, four, five, six times, it helps you to feel 
more comfortable dealing with challenges and it can help you to expand opportunities for growth. So I love having something, learning something new as part of my regular routine. And it does actually help me to be more productive be because it sparks that that aspect of me that loves to try something and learn something um, new on a regular basis. And lastly, let's talk about some of the habits and practices that can help you with your glow up. So one thing that I started doing in the beginning of this year was to examine my relationship with substances. So one thing that I did in the beginning of since January 1st, I was alcohol free for 60 days. And primarily, I wanted to explore, you know, practicing this because I've never been a heavy drinker to begin with. I was always somebody that was kind of more of a social drinker. So if I would, you know, go out with friends or when I used to work at a startup, and if you know, (laughs) startups love to have happy hours. It's like ingrained in the culture. So, you know, we'd have happy hours a lot of the times, but I kind of wanted to just explore and see like, you know, can I go 60 days without alcohol? Like, is this something that I can do? And I did. And it was so, it was, it was refreshing for me. Um, I did break that streak (laughs) on the day that I got engaged um, because we celebrated with champagne and rightfully so it was definitely worth it. But I decided to kind of, you know, kind of go back into being mostly alcohol free or really reducing my alcohol intake for the rest of this year. And I have significantly. So I've, you know, learned a lot about um, just what alcohol does to the mind and body. And also, you know, this is not to try to tell you how to consume or what to consume or anything. But if you are interested in learning more about, you know, alcohol specifically and the effects that it has on your body, I will link below the episode to the Huberman Lab podcast that I listened to sometime last year that kind of was honestly the the spark to this and and me being alcohol free and and sober curious, I guess you can say. And um, this also goes with substances like, you know, smoking or cannabis. If you are someone that's really heavily dependent on smoking, you know, cigarettes or nicotine or cannabis, I think that it's a good way to kind of look at those practices and say, is this a habit that I have because I really enjoy it and it really makes my life significantly better? It improves the quality of my life. Or is this a habit that I've picked up that I just can't shake because it's a habit now? So I always look at this as an opportunity this time of year, especially. This is a great opportunity to examine and and see if there's areas in your life where you could or maybe want to scale down and cut back versus going cold turkey, you know? I don't think that you cutting back on any substances is a bad idea. If it's something that's starting to affect you on a regular basis and on a day-to-day, then consider maybe scaling down and cutting back rather than going cold turkey um, so that it could be a sustainable practice for you, so... Shout out to all the sober curious girlies. Um, I'm a, you know, definitely in my mocktail era. I've been making a lot of mocktails. I love it. And I've been enjoying it for the most part. Another practice that I think is super important to this entire glow up is doing something nice for yourself. 
hopefully that you're doing something nice for yourself every day. But even if it's not every day or, you know, whatever is within your means, I think could be a wonderful way to start again, anchoring this, this improvement, this self-improvement into and rooting it in, in love and, and appreciation. So one thing that I love to do at least once a week or whenever I can is, you know, buy flowers, uh, maybe make my favorite coffee. If you've been eyeing something on your wish list, you know, <laughs> if you've been eyeing something on uh, <laughs> the real, real, far-fetched essence, whatever, you know, just taking yourself on dates even or going to paint your nails, getting your nails done, getting a massage, a facial, whatever cadence you can afford. I feel like life is too damn short to just pay bills and die, basically. Like, there has to be some pleasure. And I don't think that life is meant to just be us going to our jobs, clocking in, clocking out, and then not having anything to do that's just for us and that's special. And having some enjoyment, you know, have some fun, have some, have a a, a weekly ritual, whether it's with friends, whether it's with a partner, your boo thing, or if it's by yourself, but doing something nice for yourself, something that you can look forward to. And this also includes planning ahead. So for me, what I typically do is on the weekends or before the weekends, I, I already know what I'm doing on the weekend. More, more likely than not, I know what I'm doing on the weekend by like Tuesday of that week because I typically will plan it a few days in advance or if me and my fiance are doing something, we'll plan something together in advance. (laughs) We'll plan something together in advance and, you know, make plans for it. Something that we can look forward to, something that's non-work related, that's non-productivity related, just something that's for you. And I promise you life will feel so much better, especially when you make those plans in advance. And you can fully enjoy and immerse yourself in and enjoying that. And I know that, you know, we're I'm hoping that we get to a point in our society when we realize that we as human beings, (laughs) we shouldn't have to work 40 hours a week to be able to have a weekend, you know, 48 hours to ourselves and try to cram in all the stuff we're trying to cram in into those two days. I really hope we get there as a society. But for now, I'm going to make sure that my weekends are as full as possible. I'm going to make sure that they include rest, that they include leisure, that they include play, that they include pleasure. I think that those elements to make a great weekend, whether you spend them with yourself, with a loved one, with friends, um, just creating a ritual around having a, a time of your at least once or twice a week where you are looking forward to it. And I also find that breaking up your week as well like not waiting for the weekend to do something I think that planning dates in the middle of the week is awesome I love um sometimes my my fiance and I will plan like a random breakfast date like it'll be like a Monday or a Tuesday and we're like let's go get breakfast before we start our work day and like it's just something to look forward to or uh, me my friends sometimes will co-work so um I have a few friends that also live in New York and they, um, ha- you know, work remotely or they they might work a hybrid schedule, whatever it is, but we're able to co-work and we can kind of meet up and work and do, you know, what we need to do, do our meetings, all that stuff, but still spend time with each other and it just makes life so much better. So if you've been wanting to do that, 
or if you do um if you do have the the chance to work from home you know maybe switch it up go to a coffee shop go to a little cafe go to a barnes and noble go to a library you can go anywhere it doesn't matter where it is it doesn't even matter what your backdrop is of what city you're in or where you are in the world but um having something to look forward to every week is really it helps you to not look at life as just like work you know there's more to life than just work trust me so I always look forward to creating something, a moment in my week that I have something to look forward to. And um, I also think doing something nice for someone you love once a week or whenever you can is really important too. And this could be picking up the phone and calling a loved one or a family member. This could be dropping off groceries to your friend or if your friend is sick, maybe dropping off some snacks and something to make them feel better or volunteering community service I spent a lot of time doing community service and I still do I think that community service is one of the underrated ways to feel good not just about yourself but feel better about humanity in general you know I think sometimes we get bombarded with dark really sad and depressing news and that is not to say that that's not real however when you do use your time to give back or you are trying to use your time to make a difference and make at least a small drop in the bucket of what needs to be kind of completely uprooted, in my opinion, when it comes to society, when you really just try to take time and give back, give back your time, your energy, whether it's donating clothes or maybe volunteering at a puppy shelter whatever it is that's going to also help you glow up too because when you are better and when you feel better you can show up better into the world as well so just want to remind you that glowing up doesn't need to be this big scary process it's all about you know number one looking at your mindset and seeing what um what's been your mindset lately how can you change some of those things what self-assessment do you need so that you can shift your thinking and your perspective? And then, of course, it's about your productivity and your routines, your practices that you do every single day, the habits that you do every single day. They become the person that you are over time. And if you want to be somebody that um, takes care of themselves and takes care of their their health and shows up for themselves in all aspects of their life, it requires baby steps. It does require a little bit every day for you to make those changes, but it's it takes time. It's a process. So being patient with that process. And I don't necessarily think it always requires for you to have this motivation and this, you know, image of yourself. Oh, I wanna, you know, I wanna be this. I wanna be snatched by summer. That's you know, that's great and everything. And maybe you don't need motivation. We have a lot of sources of inspiration in this world, especially with social media. You can look up your ideal body type. You can you can look up anything you want and you can picture it or put a face to it. Maybe you don't need motivation. Maybe you just need a sustainable system. <laughs> maybe you need to root your practices in love and acceptance versus it being something that you want to hide from or run from you know so a glow up is 
something that takes time and those practices every day will eventually create a a ripple effect and it's going to transform you over time. I think about when I was 25 and the practices and habits that I had back then versus what I have now, it's like day and night. I mean, even 21, when I was 21, I did not think twice about having a morning routine. I didn't care about that. I didn't care about, you know, waking up and being off my phone or making sure that the people around me were people that had my best intentions and people that I that truly saw the inner light in me and vice versa. I didn't I was not self-aware enough to even recognize that. So just realize that over time think about the person you were 5 years ago, the person you were 10 years ago how different that is now. And when you show up for yourself every single day in those small doses, it will create the environment that your future self will exist in. So those patterns and those behaviors, that's what's going to help you to become that person over time. It's not an overnight process. And it doesn't need to be this dramatic transformation either. It can simply be you showing up every day, choosing yourself every day, choosing love every day versus you forcing yourself to be somebody that you're not. So I hope that this helps you. I hope that this glow up guide inspires you to, you know, if you've been wanting a change, if you've been wanting to switch it up, if you've been wanting to step into your bad bitch era, this is your sign. And um, I love that for us. <laughs> so I hope that you have a beautiful beginning of your spring. Um, and I will see you in the next episode. Don't forget to leave us a five star rating on Spotify and Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a little review on Apple if you love this episode. And I will see you next week. Stay soft. To stay connected, join Sadie Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.